When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDM Fantasy. The TDM Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, the Wednesday edition of the show. A special one here for you because we are entering into the unknown. We are entering into a world, an alternative universe, where Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Green Bay Packers in 2021. And we are going to unravel the impact of that from a fantasy perspective here on the show, what it does to the Green Bay Packers, what it does to Aaron Rodgers' fantasy value, and what it does to the teams that he it could potentially go to. So Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you on the Wednesday edition of the show. And guys, I think the place we need to start this conversation is we need to decide the groups, the group of teams we feel comfortable with exploring this option with. Which group of teams do we feel most confident that Aaron Rodgers could play for in 2021? That's so Chris, where we if should I start. Bring, if I bring up and say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to sign him, he's going to sit behind Tom Brady for two years. Yeah. I mean, with Jason Light and company have pulled off this offseason, is it that unfathomable or does it not make that category? No, that I, you know what? I don't think it makes the alternative universe okay. that it we wanted not. to live in. I appreciate the thought, though. I, I was just checking. I was just checking. Uh, so uh, Denver is, I think, the team I, I want to put number one on the list, even though they made the trade for Teddy Bridgewater, even though they have Drew Locke, they've got to be the top of this list, right? Is there yeah, anybody because they have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew okay. Locke. <laughs> is there anybody else that we want to put into that group or is this kind of a Denver or bust situation here? So I, I want to look up. I'm looking up right now on the fly because I wanted to see what um, the updated betting odds are okay for just where, where he could land next year if it's not. In Green Bay, so I'm gonna look that up right now. Just I know Denver's gonna be the favorite because that just you know makes sense. But I got a couple um, other ones I think we need to throw in that mix. Okay, so go ahead. I mean, I I, 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 just, I still think I think the Raiders are in play. 
I think I just think there's an infatuation there. I don't think it's as good of a landing spot. And I think the Dolphins are in play. Yes. So the top three betting odds were Broncos number one, Raiders number two, Dolphins number three. And I think okay. those are the three that are probably, you know, then there's, the, you know, the other names down there goes Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, um, some other names in there. But I, th- I think Broncos, Raiders, Dolphins are the most, if he's going to get moved, the most likely options for him. They can make it happen. The other ones are pipe dream stuff. I mean, yeah. the Saints don't have the capital to make that happen. No. Carolina's already done some stuff. I mean, it's. Okay. Let's start here then. Let's start with the Green Bay side of this. Aaron Rodgers goes to any of the three teams that we just talked about. He's no longer playing for the the Green Bay Packers in 2021. Jamie, where would that put, because I have all of your rankings up, and I think the first place to start is, what would that do to Jordan Love's fantasy value? Because he's not in your top 36 right now for obvious reasons. Where does he move to? You have Aaron Rodgers as your seventh-rated quarterback post-draft, your post-draft rankings. So he's he moves on to another team. Where does Jordan Love come in on this list? He would not be in the top 25. So wow. in, in a non-two-quarterback league, you would not be fantasy relevant this year. I, yeah. I don't – All righty, then. Look, I know we're dealing with an entire mystery box here, but – I the reports about Jordan Love from people I trust have not been terribly encouraging in terms of a if he just gets thrown into the fire right now, which was not the plan. Um, I obviously you have Devontae Adams, who is a top one (laughs) wide receiver in football. But afterwards, they're just a bunch of guys like I like Alan Lazard a little bit, but he's a guy. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Amari Rogers, Devin Funch is coming back. Like you, you got a bunch of guys. So it's not like he's going to have a whole team worth of superstar talent just to elevate him. And we have seen quarterbacks struggle with a lot of talent around them before they couldn't elevate them, <coughs> Denver. So to me, I just, is not somebody that in a single quarterback league that has any fantasy relevancy whatsoever. Like maybe there's a spot start somewhere during bye weeks where he's worthwhile. But to me in a two quarterback format, he's a low end QB two at best, probably better as a bench option and just, just would not be fantasy relevant at all to me. Yeah. I don't think we're giving Aaron Rodgers enough credit for what he does non-physically. He's smart as hell. He puts them in a great situation. He checks at the line of scrimmage a ton. This kid's not ready to come in and do that. And I agree with Jamie. I don't know that many Packers people right now that are all talking about that and what happened in the last year, but coming out, it was beyond a reach to trade up and take him. Uh, but I don't think we're doing Aaron Rodgers enough justice to say this kid's going to come in and do the same things mentally that, that he's done in this offense the last couple of years and th- throughout his entire career. All right. Here's where we may do some justice to the impact that Aaron Rodgers has on the team. Devontae Adams is Jamie's number one rated fantasy wide receiver in the most updated version of his rankings. Jake, you're making the face. I don't think he keeps that number one spot if Jordan Love is his quarterback next season. Doesn't sound like it. No. And I'm trying to see where uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, what? Because I've already started. I've already made my Devontae Adams projection for this year with Aaron Rodgers. And I, I will not reveal that yet. All that stuff's coming out on the draftnetwork.com on the first of the month of June. But I'm trying to figure out what percentage I would knock him down. And I thought even if let's say I knocked him down 25%. Let's just throw that number out there for right okay. now. That would probably put him in the that would, I mean, that would already knock him down to wide receiver two territory. Like that would knock him into the round wide receiver 14, 15, 16 range. So like 
Now that's a massive drop, but is it that massive of a drop when you consider the quarterback drop that's going to change there and the volume that has been such a tremendous part of Devontae Adams' success so far? I, I think if that move gets made, I'm not taking Devontae Adams in my top 10 wide receivers for sure. Maybe he sneaks into the wide, the very, very back end of wide receiver one category, but I think he's going to be in that like 11 to 15 range for me. Uh, if with, with Jordan Love, just because it's a massive wild card and the volume matters so much. And, you know, you take that away, it changes everything and, and volume and the volume of touchdowns, which has been a tremendous asset for Devontae Adams the last few years in the league. All that goes away. And just a 25% drop drops him from wide receiver one to the teens among the wide receivers. That's got to be a scary thought. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays as we get closer and closer to fantasy drafts of, is this will he or won't he playing out into through training camp, through preseason time, and, and all of a sudden you have a really interesting decision to make in the first round where Devontae Adams is going? I'm going to throw you a knuckle slurve, slider, knuckleball, sinker all at the same time right here because we're assuming. I don't know where the pitch ends there. up in the zone, by the way. I don't know where that – Jamie, be careful. Yeah. Low, low it away. Low it away. <laughs> Starts inside. It's going low it away. It's maybe comes in hard and it's coming across fast. We're assuming it's Jordan Love is the quarterback. I'm still if dropping it's the Raiders. <laughs> no, no, no. If it's the Raiders that make this trade, is it Derek Carr? If it's Denver that makes the trade, is it Teddy Bridgewater? Are they more prepared to be the quarterback on a team that's been to two straight NFC championships okay. over this kid that we're assuming isn't really ready to play? That's fair. Now, if it's, now that, what does that do to your rankings? There's the knuckle so, and the slurve and the curve and the overhand and everything else. So here's the thing. If, if it's Bridgewater, it'll help him a little bit in year one. I still don't think I'm taking him in the top 10 or maybe, eh, maybe he sneaks in the bottom part of the top 10, but like he, he'll be a wide receiver one, but he still won't be like a first or second round player. The Derek Carr thing's interesting to me because I don't know if you're green Bay and you trade Aaron Rodgers, and you've done all of this for Jordan love, even if love isn't ready this year, are you going to take a significant chunk of what you could get for Aaron Rodgers and turn it into a quarterback? versus other assets on your team, whether it's draft picks, whether it's other areas of need. Like that's the question that comes up to me of like, if, if you, you are forced in a situation where you have to trade Aaron Rodgers, I can't imagine you wrapping up a significant part of whatever package you're going to get back in another quarterback. Like you I did this all the for Raiders would have to do it to move open cap space. Yeah. Right. And Denver is going to move Teddy because it doesn't really cost him anything. So he's going to be part of the package. Anyway. Yeah. And he's a one. And you have to add at least a capable backup. I think they're both a one year thing. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it's Derek Carr, I'd feel okay about it. I would. Th- the question I wish I knew the answer to, Jamie, from a football perspective, is all of those come up the line of scrimmage and Aaron Rodgers has such a quick release, not even a bubble screen. Just if you're playing too far off Devontae Adams, and he slings it out there, the run after the catch stuff. How much of that is just them having that chemistry yeah. when he does his line of scrimmage? How much in the red zone where he just gives him a wink and changes from a slant to a little – you know, flat back pylon and he throws that back shoulder, you can't defend. How much of that stuff is the chemistry, the nuance of the offense is Aaron Rodgers doing that at the line of scrimmage because that's where you lose. That's where you go from the 13, 14 targets a game, which you're going to get 12 catches out of, to like eight and six, right? Yeah. It's, it's somebody not having that nuance. I wish we knew the answer of how much of what they do together is that kind of stuff because that to me would – really fill in the gap here and give us a huge inclination of what's really going on behind the scenes of this offense. So the one player that I think might get a boost from all of this, Aaron Jones, Jamie, your fifth rated running back 
post draft in your most updated rankings. Do we think that this sees him get a little bit of a bump? I look at the guy that you have right in front of him, Alvin Kamara, and I think a team that might run the ball a little bit more with it with a young, inexperienced quarterback. I feel comfortable maybe flipping Kamara and Jones in this scenario. I know it's a weird thing to say out loud, but I feel comfortable doing it. I wouldn't. I don't think it helps Jones at all. Uh, I think the chemistry he's developed with Aaron Rodgers, particularly in the passing game over the last couple of years, is a tremendous asset to him. And if we talk about a player that's – if they're going to run the ball more in Green Bay, I think they're going to give Aaron Jones the same amount of carries he's been getting. If they're going to run the ball more, I think more goes to A.J. Dillon as, as a spellback. So, for me, uh, I would drop Aaron Jones pretty significantly. Oh, no. Because, yeah. I, I, look, the chemistry – You're going to defend him differently. Yeah. Like, if Aaron Rodgers is in there, you're <sighs> you're yeah, the like, box. They're in the box. And, again, I, I think that they're comfortable giving they, – they're comfortable with Jones having this target – running back or target attempt split. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot more. Like, I, I didn't project him to get a ton more carries this year without Jamal Williams there because they're going to give a lot of those carries just to A.J. Dillon. And I think Dillon's going to get worked in here and there. Where Jones can separate himself and where he's become a true asset beyond just being a, a really darn good runner and he's going to get you rushing touchdowns is the fact that he's going to be a guy that can get you, you know, flirt with 500 receiving yards and get you a couple touchdowns through the air. You know, I'm in the 40, you know, 40-ish, 50-ish caches. That is what's really kind of propelled him into this conversation with that other group behind the top two guys on McCaffrey and Cook, where he's in the conversation with Henry and all these other players, uh, you know, Henry and Kamara and Saquon and the, for most, not me, but, you know, in that kind of conversation. Uh, that gets hurt completely if you have another quarterback there. Like that chemistry took a while to build. If you remember the, the, the push the Aaron Jones train from a few years ago, it took a little bit for that right. train to get rolling in the way we wanted it to. Uh, I, I think he's absolutely hurt if Aaron Rodgers – I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it's Derek Carr. I think he's hurt by whatever quarterback is there that's not Aaron Rodgers. So, so, so to me, it feels more that you look at this just from the way that LaFleur calls this offense and the infrastructure that he's built that it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, they still have this structure of what they want their running back room to produce, and there's not a whole lot of variables that are going to change that. Yeah, like unless they bring in Alex Smith out of retirement, who's just going to check down to Aaron Jones 10 times a game, then and he can just put up J.D. McKissick type numbers. Uh, no, because I, I think they, they use Aaron Jones so uniquely. And part of it is because they don't have a true number two compliment for Devontae Adams. They have pieces. They have guys that can do certain things, but they don't have that true compliment. Aaron Jones is effectively their number two wide receiver in the way that they use him at times. And if you're going to go, if you're going to downgrade from Aaron Rodgers to a Bridgewater or to any other player at that spot, it's going to affect his value significantly. Like he, like he is one of those guys along with Kamara, who I'm going to be doing a projection of today. Where I'm very curious to see where I land on him, where quarterback matters a ton because so much of their volume is brought in through target share a, which is going to be interesting for me to kind of try to project because the target share with Drew Brees and Camaro was massive. That doesn't necessarily going to be the same. You know, Jameis hasn't been had a history of being a check down guy. Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback. So like when the target share and the amount of volume in the passing game are so tied to these elite quarterback play, taking that away doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player, but it kind of is going to push him down probably to the top part of RB2 category instead of a guy that we all consider as a clear middle of the RB1 tier player. The last player from the Green Bay side of things that I want to discuss, Jamie, you have Robert Tunyon as a top 10 tight end, number nine on this list. Are we just going to continue this? Everybody gets bumped down a little bit trained for all these Green Bay players. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have Tunyon in my top 10 when I do my update. 
I, I can I'll spoil oh, that. That's, right that's now. a spoiler. Thank you. Um, just because of looking at him right now, he he's I have a few more teams left to project, and he is currently not in my top ten right now. So I, I do not see him adjusting to figure that out. Uh, I, I think he's he kind of stays in that tight end two-ish. I mean, he, he's the guy that you expect some touchdown regression this year. You know, take a drink every time I say that at some point this offseason. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that's, uh, to me, is interesting. He's going to get overdrafted because of all the touchdowns last year. I don't think he's going to have that sort of volume. I think he's going to be more of the five or six touchdown range this year, which still makes him useful and in contention to be a, a potential tight end for you uh, at different times of the year. But not somebody that is like a must-own or in that top, seven or eight category anymore i mean he could be hurt as well but i mean look tight end is tight end two is a a disaster this year and it's so he's probably hurt the least just because there are fewer players that can unseat him around him at his position but he obviously is not going to get a boost by any means all right, Jake, I want to start here with you. Denver's the team that we're going to talk about first. And now Aaron Rodgers, we are putting him on the Denver Broncos. Uh, I am consulting with Jamie's list. Jamie had two Denver wide receivers on his list of his top 70. He had Jerry Judy at 49. Corton Sutton at 36 was the highest Denver wide receiver. So in your mind, Jake, these both of these guys get a big boost playing with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Everybody gets a huge boost. Noah Fant shoots up the board, I think, to start with. But this might be the most talented group of wide receivers Aaron Rodgers ever played with. That's saying something because his early days, they, they had some weapons down there. But Deshaun Hamilton's still there. Uh, the other kid from Penn State, I never remember his name for some reason, uh, little bitty guy. Javante Williams now with Melvin Gordon. The offensive line's been bolstered a little bit. I mean, he has more weapons than he's probably ever had to deal with other than getting that chemistry. Now, Cortland Sutton coming off the ACL – He's supposed to be ready. It happened early in the season last year. Receivers aren't quite running backs. You don't put the same load on that knee, but you're still not quite right the first year. Big guy, huge catch radius. I think they'd be able to use him more of a target guy, and then Jerry Judy's kind of becomes the number one. Uh, But, I mean, I'm dead serious when I say it might might be the most talented offense he's ever played with. It just takes a while to get that chemistry. I think it makes them instant contenders, and I think it puts them right on Kansas City's heels. You're talking about Vic Fangio coaching that defense, adding Patrick Sertain, they're going to be solid on defense. Von Miller coming back with Bradley Chubb coming, you know, second year coming off his injury. They're going to be solid. I think it makes it, I mean, they're making it such massive, massive upgrade at the quarterback position when this offense was already pretty scary. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at that, man. Deshaun ends up tearing his ACL um, a couple days ago, but you still have got. I didn't see that. Yeah. He tore his ACL oh, off. Yeah. So it, it, that's going to be that one along with Juwan James is going to be the other one. We'll see what happens with him there. Cause they were going to try to trade him, but you've got Cortland Sutton, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Tim Patrick, you've got KJ Hamler, you've got Noah fan, Albert. O, you know, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams in the backfield. That is a really, really talented group of players. I think a lot of what Denver has been doing has been obscured by just their shaky at times offensive line, but that was improved last year versus two years ago and just terrible quarterback play. And injury quarterback play. We were playing Brett Rippon and, and some of these guys last year. That defense, as Jake said, you're getting Von Miller back. You have two new starting corners and Patrick Sertan and Kyra Fuller. Um, you know, so you're really putting together. You brought Justin Simmons back. Like you have the, that's a really solid team that is being torn down by poor quarterback play. And if you go from not just good, not going from poor to good, you go from poor to Hall of Fame quarterback play. And that would be a massive upgrade for everybody involved. 
Um, it would push Cortland Sutton very much into the top 15 conversation if he comes back to being healthy. It pushes Jerry Judy into that wide receiver three territory. Jamie, that's the interesting one for me. Is Jerry Judy, the way that he runs routes, his footwork, you can't cover him off the line of scrimmage. I think he kind of becomes that Devontae Adams. He could. Uh, we if were, he talking, we were talking about, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I think that was kind of an anomaly last year. He didn't have that at Alabama. But like that nuance I was talking about, about he walks up and you're playing eight yards off. And, he, and Aaron just slings it out there. That's not really Corton Sutton's game. That's more back shoulders, kind of bigger body guy. But I could see Jerry Judy really fitting into that role. What do you, what do you think there? As, as I could see it. Both kind uh, of the, the 1A, not even a 2. You know what I mean? Jerry Judy's already probably one of the best route runners in the league at his age. Like, it's already. Like, he, he if he can solve that drops issue that popped up last year, I think he can be – like, him and Sutton are both supreme talents that I'm really excited for. KJ Hamler's your couple shots a game down the field from as your speedy slot guy. You know, Tim Patrick is your more of like possession ish inside the 20 type of receiver. And by the way, Noah Fant's a damn good player. Okay. Albert O is a is a red zone threat. Can we have the Noah Fant conversation? You have sure. him as your sixth rated tight end, Jamie, right now, post draft. Does he threaten that top tier now with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback? Yeah, he would he would be five for me. I, I don't know if I, I I still don't think I'm pushing him over the you're not pushing him over the top three guys for sure. Like those guys, there's nothing that, aside from those guys getting hurt that's gonna push Kelsey Kittle or Waller outside the top three. Just so not can, can he threaten four? You have Mark Andrews fourth. I don't think he will. He could. I think it's close. And if somebody made that jump, but I, I already done my Andrews projection. I, I think he's gonna have another really solid year. The touchdown production is is massive. Just because there, there are fewer places for the ball to go in the red zone in Baltimore than there are in Denver. Sure. Like, I mean, okay. that's, that's a factor as well, but he's in that conversation. He's right there. Like, I think those guys become their own tier in that second spot we've talked about, but it would be really exciting to see. Cause it would boost. Cause I think all four of those Broncos receivers I talked about are going to, all four of them are going to be ranked in my top 100 wide receivers. When I do my update, um, Alberto and Noah Fanta both can be ranked in my top 30 tight ends. So like, the, and that's with Drew Locke. Like now imagine what that's going to be with Aaron Rodgers coming in. So, I mean, that we're talking massive levels of production for those guys. And, and those guys are fantasy relevant already. Mm-hmm. I just think Sutton and Judy in particular start to go into the, oh, no, those guys are like every week must start territory versus being like, you know, guys that you're considering in that wide receiver three or flex spot. They become a, nope, they're in my lineup every single week without question type players. Uh, you have I, think he could, I think he could push Andrews there just because of the backfield, right? Going back to how much he's going to be able to play action, how fast Aaron Rodgers could get acclimated to what they want to do offensively. You're going to see Noah Fant, who runs a whole lot better than Robert Tunyon. Wide, think about how many wide-open shots Tunyon had last year. Now you yeah. put a guy like Stanton in there that can beat man-to-man, and you can throw back shoulders and do different stuff too. But the way Aaron Rodgers calls a game between the ears, if, if those nuances pick up quick, I mean, I think he could have a monster year. If you're talking about a guy that's, that's pretty much uncoverable from the tight end position, yeah. far more than Mark Andrews. It's just he has that chemistry with Lamar Jackson already. And Jamie said the touchdowns have just been tremendous for him. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 26th on your rankings. Jamie Javante Williams, uh, 31st on your list. Both of those guys get, a, I, I think, a small bump. I don't think it's a, very I don't small, think it's as big of a bump as the other guys that we've been talking about. Very small because they're both there together. Right. Like, that. that's the issue. Uh, I still think the Javante Williams pick is more for next year and beyond. I think it's more of, a, okay, we're not spending money on a running back next year. Uh, so this Gordon's last year of his deal, we can work Javante Williams in here and there. We'll work Mike Boone in here and there on, on pa- some passing down stuff and we're good to go, but we're good. We, we love this guy and he's going to be our five-year starter starting next year type of a thing. Um, but they're both going to get work. Javante Williams is a really good player. Like he's, he does a little bit of 
everything so well. He's going to get some time on the field, but Philip Lindsay got plenty, not as much as you'd like, but plenty of time on the field before his injuries last year. And Melvin Gordon was still plenty productive, but uh, I think it's tough to put Gordon anywhere higher than like that low end RB two and Williams any higher than the flex spot, just because they're both going to be there together and they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit. Uh, but there is a little bit of a boost where if they're winning more games, they're going to have the opportunity to do what Vic Fangio wants to do, which is pound the ball and salt away the clock at the end of the game, which would be a tremendous opportunity for them. But I don't think they're going to get like massive boosts, maybe two or three spots up in the rankings. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is where I want to start this conversation. Darren Waller is Jamie's tight end three. Unaffected. No, come on. You, you didn't even think about it. You didn't even consider moving him up a little bit. If oh, I'm, you mean move him up? I'm sorry. I thought you meant like, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I I, I got, uh, I was like, I thought you meant like move him away. No, no, no. He's a stud, but uh, I, I would, mo- I would consider moving him over Kittle just because of the, the quarterback. Okay. And the well, and the quarterback stuff, but that's, that's a given. Oh but, man. Him and Derek Carr have a phenomenal chemistry. Carr goes to him almost sure. too much. But, I, I don't know I, that. But I, I, I'm not moving him over. Like he's still, a t- I mean, Darren Waller's Darren Waller. Like he's I'm, just. He's, I was just curious. He's there's this tier, and now you're putting the guy a third on the on this tier list. You're giving him a Hall of Fame of a quarterback. I think it's fair to ask the question. It's fair. Like, it's I don't fair. Think, if Trey Lance is the quarterback with George Kittle with his injury history, I think it might be a safer pick. Well, and then there's also the fact of <laughs> where else is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to. All right, hold on. Let me like that the wide Las Vegas receiving core is nothing special. Hold on here. Let me let me let me tell you where Jamie has the Las Vegas. You have John Brown forty sixth, and Henry Ruggs sixty seventh. Yeah, like you have you have Brown Ruggs Edwards Renfro. So like yeah, so with the ball, you know what I mean. Like Darren Waller is head and shoulders, knees and toes above every other pass catcher on that roster. Like so, he's going to get the high volume regardless. Do we want to talk about the two running backs? Because I think this is an interesting conversation. Josh Jacobs, 20th on your list. Uh, Jamie, Kenyon Drake, 36th. If Aaron Rodgers is there, does it does it favor one of those two guys' skill set? No. I mean, I don't – look. This The Raiders running back situation has been a nightmare, and I've tried to warn everybody to just try to avoid it over at their ADPs. And I'm going to tell you to avoid it again here. Uh, they're both going to be relevant. Josh Jacobs is going to get early down work. Kenny Drake's going to get worked in enough to annoy everybody. And it, that's what it's going to be. Uh, the same logic applies in the sense that if you're going to be winning more games late, you're not forced to chuck the ball in the fourth quarter. You, you're going to get a little bit more volume there in the salt and salt away games in the second half. But I don't think those are going to be massively affected by that. They're both, you know, Jake's going to Drake's going to cannibalize a little bit of Josh Jacobs's production. Josh Jacobs, not going to catch a ton of passes. I will remind you that for the third season in a row. So we don't, we can, we can stop doing this argument every off season. And I'm glad that the Drake signing means we don't have to talk about it like this, this off season, because nobody's going to say it. Uh, it just it is what it is. Like Jacobs is a unexciting RB two. And he'll stay in an un- unexciting RB2 if Aaron Rodgers is there, if Derek Carr is there, if Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. It, that's what he is. He's an unexciting RB2. He's never going to be as fun as everybody thought he was going to be for fantasy purposes coming out of Alabama. I think it's like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams from three years ago before Aaron Jones started making a ton of catches. And that's if Kenyon Drake can pick up the blitz like Jamal Williams does and be that kind of pass protector that Aaron Rodgers loves. I'm not sure that he can. I think the one guy it might affect in a negative way is Kenyon Drake. If Aaron Rodgers wants somebody else in there on third down when they're in the shotgun, protecting him uh, from the running back position, that was why Jamal Williams played so much. 
I mean, that, that was his deal. And it's because Aaron Rodgers trusted him and knew exactly where to put him to help him out. He's going to want that wherever he goes. That's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, uh, I agree with everything Jamie said. The one person I think I, Drake could actually get knocked down even farther. Let's go to the last team. If there, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to the Raiders. Um, I mean, John Brown's interesting. Like, I think he's still the, he's still the Raiders receiver. I want the most regardless of the quarterback situation that's there, but I don't know. It's a very uninspiring room of wide receivers for the most part. Yeah, let's get to the next team because this is really, really interesting. Miami Dolphins. Do I start with the receivers or the tight end? Because I think both are very interesting conversations to be had. Start wherever you want. They're all interesting and they're all getting a big boost. Let's start I'm with assuming, the, I'm assuming. Let's start with the wide receivers. Uh, give me one second here to do a quick search. Uh, so Jamie, you have Will Fuller at 31. Jalen Waddle at 38 and Devontae Parker at 54. That is where you have him currently with Tua as their quarterback. And in all of the conversations that we've had all offseason, we have asked, what can we expect from Tua? We know he's going to be better, but what can we expect? Well, you take Tua out of the equation. You put Aaron Rodgers into the equation. I think all three of these guys up the board a ton. Yeah, well, Will Fuller is really interesting because that's a player that by all accounts, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers wanted at the deadline last year. They weren't able to get the deal done. Uh, really before the PED suspension really showed me a lot. Um, now there's still, you still have to be worried about injuries long-term. We've only seen one healthy season kind of, although we didn't get to see him play the final part of the season. So I don't really know how, if he would have finished it fully healthy, but took on that role of DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. I have to be the number one guy and was exceeding with flying colors is a true downfield threat. Uh, he, again, he's in that wide receiver two conversation. If Aaron Rodgers is there. Uh, Devontae Parker is another one that becomes really interesting as that kind of the bigger bodied receiver on the outside. Uh, he would get a nice boost as well. And probably 20 ish plus spots of where I had him What 56 there. You I have, have Devontae Parker 54, projections. 54 okay. right now. I haven't done Miami projections yet. So I have to kind of see where those guys are going to land, but, uh, he would definitely be moving up into that like wide receiver three to flex territory there as well. Uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, would be a really fun player as well. I don't, I, I don't, I'm sure I would move him too much higher, um, than where he would be right there. Uh, and then Mike Giusecki is in that conversation again, is that as a top seven tight end where he's, he's kind of been flirting right now. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of been flirting in that bottom part of that tight end one territory, but there are a lot of mouths to feed, which is something to kind of, kind of consider as well. Uh, Miles Gaskin should do pretty well as well as the pass catching back out of the backfield. He's not Aaron Jones, but again, you, in terms of just getting some volume where you're going to probably get Miles Gaskin in fantasy drafts, obviously we push all these guys up the board, but the guy to be most excited about is Will Fuller. Can you guys imagine what this freaking offense would look like? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Waddle, and Jacecki in 11 personnel with Gaskin in the backfield with Rodgers' ability to go under center, check to the shotgun, I mean, wow. You talked about the talent he would have in Denver, Jake. This this talent, this group, I think, is a little bit better. Ready to play now, yeah. yes, without Cortland Sutton's knee injury and Jerry Judy taking another step. And the talent's there in Denver. But these guys are ready to go be stars now. And Waddle's the one that doesn't get affected the most, I think, because he's a rookie that's got to get the nuance of the NFL and get that chemistry with that quarterback. But you're talking about him being in the slot with Aaron Rodgers. He's never had a slot guy like that. With, with those kind of wheels, that kind of ability, uh, with that defense, the way Brian Flores coaches it up, I mean, they might be more contenders than Denver is with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, they're talking about two teams that go from, okay, they're both pretty good, they could probably make the playoffs, to we're talking about could, 
could challenge Kansas City to run for and Buffalo to run to the Super Bowl. And that's the fun thing about when you think about those scenarios with those two teams in particular is there is an elite team already in that division. And then ends up putting two, it makes two teams in the same division elite, which makes it a really fun race. Because, uh, I mean, we're going to talk all offseason about how we're going to really enjoy the Browns-Ravens at the top of the AFC North. But if it's a Chiefs and Rodgers-led Broncos or Bills and Rodgers-led Dolphins, that's going to be the race that, that everybody wants to see at the top of a division. I, I tell you what, the freaking Bucks play the AFC East. I hope, I hope the hell it's not Miami. I mean, sir, that is, that is scary. Scary if he ends up there. If he ends up in Denver, let me ask you this, Jamie. Does he end up being the second-best quarterback in Broncos history? Oh, yeah. Man. Well, Peyton well, wasn't very on, good in Denver, man. That team was loaded. It huh? depends on longevity because when Peyton Manning first got to Denver, that was one of the most remarkable was, seasons I've ever seen. It was. It was only, what, now, two years? Yeah, but that's the thing. It was a short It was a short run. So I, I, it depends. Like, I, I don't How think about that, though, if you're to Denver, do- you got John Elway sitting up here. Peyton rolls in, wins the Super Bowl, and you bring in freaking Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. now your, your quarterback legacy compared to, say, Chicago. Yes. Well, I mean, it also it also kind of proves that Denver hasn't been able to get the the young uh, franchise quarterback thing right in a very long time. Now it doesn't yeah. matter if they if they win Super Bowls with with Peyton and, and if they get Rodgers, like it won't matter at that point. But th- that is the reason why they find themselves um, in the situation. So I, I guess to wrap here, I'm not surprised we put Aaron Rodgers on any of these teams. The players around them, fantasy wise, get better. Uh, who would have thought? would have thought that that would have been the case but i do think we we looked at the three different situations and there are different nuances to all of them the the groups uh, differentiate themselves because of the situation like miami you talked about jake jay waddle probably doesn't get a a huge bump because he is a rookie no matter who the quarterback's going to be and there's still a learning curve and i think those nuances are important because when we look at these situations i think it's going to impact individual players differently depending on if and when aaron Rodgers does get traded okay we'll end it here then this question Jamie, I'll start with you. Aaron okay. Rodgers plays for who in 2021? Green Bay. Jake, I ask you the same question. Denver. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to be unanimous with Green Bay because I don't think he leaves. Say, Chris, I was going to ask you, Chris, what do you want? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it would have been done by now if he was going to leave. Time heals all wounds, everybody. The longer that this goes. Oh, no, man. They're talking about these, everybody in the organization's flown to see him. Nothing's changed. He hasn't said anything. He's Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to make an amendment to, to, to this question. Do, what do we think is more likely Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in 2021 or Aaron Rodgers plays for another team in 2021 plays for another team plays for another team. Yeah. He's not, not, he's not done. You don't see him being like, I, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to sit out. Cause he that's kind of yeah. been the, that there's, there's been talks. I can see him saying that. it. I don't think he's going to do it. No, he has the leverage. He, he's going to play. If he, if he's done being in green Bay, they'll deal him before whoever is going to give up this much capital wants him now. So I wouldn't expect it to be too much past June 1st, but I, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't listen to Brett Favre, Brett Favre very often, but I, I listen to what he said on this one. And I think there's something to the weird thing of Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers have now all played 16 years in Green Bay and nobody's played the 17th year. That's kind of a, weird thing to throw out there but I, I there might be something to that i don't know I, I just i think he's done or he wouldn't let it get this far 
That is going to do it for us here on the Wednesday edition of the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Uh, another Dynasty Week coming up. I will tease both shows here. Uh, next Monday, we're going to do a, a Dynasty buy low, sell high candidate from a veteran standpoint, the, the veteran players, the established players in your Dynasty League that you may, if you have, you may want to, may want to trade or if you uh, are looking to acquire players who you should be going out to acquire. And then on Wednesday, we're going to do overvalued and undervalued rookies from a dynasty perspective. So a full dynasty week next week here on the show and taking a peek at the calendar here. And uh, those, those projections are coming up right around coming the corner up. here on this, on the, on the calendar. Jamie's putting the finishing touches on them and then we will do a deep dive into them. Uh, the entire month of, of June is, is devoted to a breakdown of these projections. So that should be a lot of fun. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. And again, on June 1st, there will be my rankings will all be available for the first part of the month. And then all of my projections will come out shortly after. So it'll be a very interesting conversation for us to have all month long. Jake. One of my favorite times of the year, picking those apart because you really can't. Uh, Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. I will say, uh, Jamie, if there's an interesting player, he normally will just slack me a screenshot yeah. of the projections. And then I'm like, dude, I got to know more. I got to know how you get here. So I'm super excited uh, to be a part of it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TD and Fantasy. And as Jamie mentioned, the draftnetwork.com. Uh, Jamie's up, most updated projections are up there. He will be doing another update of those projections. Projections. Well, once he's done with his projections, those rankings will be updated and then we will break them down here on the show. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.